Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was pretty. Hey, guys, if you want to go ahead and get your Bibles and your phones out, I ask you to bring your phones today. Now, cut them off. Or not, just cut the ringer off. Leave them on. And uh, it's not phones I don't like in church. It's the, it's the interrupting rings. I actually like for you to bring your phones. I like for teenagers to bring your phones because I found out lots of times teenagers are texting uh, their friends to tell them what either I said or some song they've sang here. And uh, so they're sharing the gospel with their phone. Um, I love the phone. Many times during the week, I'm encouraged by you. Some of you guys send texts. It seems like just right at the right time. Um, I, I get quite a few encouraging texts. And uh, I really appreciate them. Huh? Well, well, thank you. Well, we're, gonna, we're getting real close to Christmas, ain't we? Not many days left. Last minute uh, gift buying and stuff uh, going on. But I know most of my folks are already done shopping, right? Because I don't have a church full of procrastinators. No. And uh, I found out if somebody asks you, have you already bought all your gifts? You know what I found out? That means they've already finished. They want you to ask them because they're kind of bragging, you know, I've already finished. I bought mine back in January. You know, I'm done. And uh, so this weekend, we're going to talk about gifts. I won't keep you too long. I'm talking about God's greatest, some of God's greatest gifts. You know, and, and uh, you know, gift giving can get a little crazy sometimes, can it? It can get a little too expensive. Uh, but at its core, at, at the whole gift giving, at its core, I'm so glad that we give gifts at Christmas. You know, because it's actually what, a big part of what Christmas is all about. And, and, and so, Christmas is about God's gift to us, Jesus. I sat there and thought about that as I ate all those cookies Joanne and Jason brought me a while ago. I ate every one of them. My wife's diabetic now. We don't need to take those home. <laughs> I was just thinking, looking out for you. Matthew 2.11 says this at the top of your outline. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and present, presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and myrrh. Christmas starts with this giving of gifts. I just got to say myrrh one more time. Myrrh. I really like saying myrrh. But here's what I was just, this is just something. Did you notice that these gifts were not wrapped? Did y'all notice that? I knew they wouldn't wrap because it would have been put in there that the baby Jesus played with the wrapping paper more than he did the myrrh. And nowhere in there does it say, Joseph said, throw that away. And Mary said, no, let's save that. That's good paper. We can use that next year. <laughs> there was two reasons. One, 
They were wise. And they were men. We don't wrap presents. Amen. We just don't do it. But the biggest part of Christmas was not about these gifts, you know, that they gave to Jesus, the baby. The greatest gift was the gift that God gave us, to us, at Christmas. It's a really, really big gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It's bigger than you and I could ever imagine. And indescribable how great it is. Totally indescribable. And when you think about gifts, I mean, just think about gifts now. There's kind of three things that, that we do with gifts. We give them. We receive them. Then what else we do? Somebody say exchange. Yeah, we exchange gifts. Oh, somebody said re-gift, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell on you. But we exchange. We either give or we receive or we exchange gifts. You know, something for whatever reason that, that we've been given. They don't fit or we got two or three of or we don't like the color. So today I want to focus on exchanging gifts. I want to look at that, the, the, the exchange, because what I finally figured out for, after a long time, God has this wonderful gift exchange program. He exchanges in a way that we can never imagine. You know, in, in, in God's exchange program, we take something that we never wanted. We take something that's, that, that, that's ugly, that that's hurts, and we give it to God. And he gives us more back than we would ever have imagined. Than we could have ever imagined. The very best that could ever happen. And that's how God exchanges gifts. We're going to look at five of his greatest gift exchanges. There's more. We're just going to look at five. Number one is this. If you're writing down and you're filling your blanks. Remember, have your phones out. When we give God our worries, God gives us his peace. When we give God our worries... He gives us his peace. This is God's exchange. Worry for peace. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking, Jim, you talk about worry a lot. I do. I talk about how we shouldn't worry a lot. But you know why I keep talking about it? Because you're still worrying. You're still worrying. So I'm going to continue to talk about it and talk about how the Bible tells us not to. The Bible always tells us don't worry, don't fear. But... But then let's just admit it, we all worry. Some of us in, in different ways, either quietly or, or loudly, and, uh, but, but we all worry, especially during this time of year at, at Christmas. You know, it's busy. There's just not enough, enough days left in the season for the, even the parties and the invitations that, that, that we have to fulfill. But our bodies were not designed to worry. Because worry takes itself out on our bodies. We can literally worry ourselves sick. Sick. Insomnia. Anybody not been able to sleep? Because of worry? Wake up in the middle of the night with something on your mind you, go, you think about it and you can't stop? You're just worrying about 
Are, are anybody ever just sick at their stomach because they're worried about something? And see, everything's multiplied or compounded during the holidays. And, and we just, just worry. We can worry so much we have a headache. So, so what are we, we going to do about it? How do you stop worrying? How do you get it to go away? It doesn't go away just to say, well, I'm, I'm just going to stop worrying. I'm going to try to stop worrying. Well, that's never worked. Well, here's what you do. You and I got to take advantage of God's gift exchange program. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. What does it say? Give it to him. Here they are, God. Here's my worries. Here's my worries. This simple act says a couple of things. It says, God, you're in control. You're in control. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. When we worry, or maybe it's just me. When, when, when I worry, usually it's because I try to control things. Is that y'all? When I worry, it's usually because I'm trying to control things. I'm trying to control the uncontrollable. Y'all ever tried to control the uncontrollable? It won't work. And here's, here's the big deal, too. We think, or I think, y'all probably don't do it. I think sometimes when I worry about it, I'm actually controlling it. That's dumb. That is dumb. I'm dumb every once in a while. Because I think that if I worry about it, I'm actually controlling it. Like I say, I'm going to keep talking about it. Maybe I'm talking to myself. Maybe I'm, I'm looking up stuff in the Bible for, for myself. But God is in control. God is in control. Guys, we can trust Him. Worry is just us trying to do what only God can do. Only He can do. So first, we've got to give it to God. Then secondly, you've got to realize that God cares. God cares. No matter how big or, or small the matter is that's keeping you up at night, no matter how big or small the matter is that's making you sick at your stomach, no matter how big or small the matter is that, that's giving you headaches, God cares about what you're worried about. So what does God give back? Look at the next verse, John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace this world gives. I messed that up. So don't be troubled or afraid. So don't be troubled or afraid. The peace I give is not like what the world gives. No, this is, this is indescribable peace. God cares. I'm going to tell you something. That's an incredible, incredible exchange. When we give our worries, he gives us peace. And what I really love is the gift of peace is for everyone. Everyone. Now, who do you know? I want you to just listen to me a moment. Who do you know that needs to know and have peace? Let me read this next verse, and I want you to think of someone that needs to know this verse. John 16, 33. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Who do you know? 
What person comes to your mind when, when, when you know someone that needs to take heart? I would ask you to let them know this Christmas. Let them know this Christmas that they can take heart. Who do you know that you need to invite to church? Or, or our Christmas, Christmas Eve service? Who do, you need, who do you know that needs to take heart? I would like for you to send them a text right now. I usually say, what do you time? What do you get home? What do you get? You know what? You won't do it. I'd like for you to take your phone out and send them a text right now. I just say I'm thinking about you. I'm, 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 I'm praying for you. You can take heart. You can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. A simple text. A simple text. You know, if you want to, invite them to church. But just let them know you're thinking about them. Guys, when we give God our worries, He gives us peace. That's what I was talking about the text that I received. I can't tell you how I'm spurred on and, and encouraged during the week by texts that I get from you guys. Number two, when we give God our hurts, God gives us His healing. I take a hurt to God, He gives me His healing. Now that's a swap. That's a trade. i tell you what I've learned, that everybody's hurting. Everybody in this room is hurting one way or another. Whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, spiritual, financial, everybody is hurting some way in their life. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. God knows and sees that hurt that happened to you this, this past year. Or a hurt that you've been dealing with for many years. And God wants to heal that broken heart. I really love He says, I want to bind up their wounds. God's in the binding business. He's in the binding business. Because binding is kind of like when you, when you break up an arm or something. You have to have time to heal. He says, I'll bind you up so that you have time to heal. I want you to read through the book of Psalms. You want something to People always tell me they're not sure what they want to read in the Bible. For the next two weeks or month, just read through the book of Psalms. Just read through the book of Psalms. There's a whole bunch of them in there. So, so read them. There's a whole lot of binding going on in, in, in the book of Psalms. But, but God wants to do even more than that. After we're healed, God, God, God wants to use us in the lives of other people. When we receive this, this gift of, of God's healing, then we can pass it along to someone else. Look at 2 Corinthians 1.4 at the bottom of your outline. I used this a couple of weeks ago. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who's going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. Part of the, the binding up in your life is God bringing someone else in your life that you can help. God uses every hurt, even the, even the hurts we bring upon ourselves. 
even those that we do ourselves, the mistakes that we make. So I want you to go ahead and text and invite them. I'm telling you guys, it could change their life. Just a quick, small text. It, it, could, it could change their life. A simple, simple invitation. Or a simple just say, hey man, I was thinking about you. Just, just praying for you. I was thinking about you. And, and I'll tell you what else I've noticed. Just in doing things like this. Is that when you give someone your joy, it's multiplied. It, it, it gets bigger. It gets bigger. It, you know, give the gift of sharing the joy with somebody else. Guys, there's never been a better time than right now during Christmas to share this gift. More people are receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ during Christmas than any other time. And multiply your joy. See what happens. Number three. When we give God our grief, God gives us his joy. When we give God our grief, God gives us his joy. Guys, I want to tell you, we're all going to grieve. We're all going to grieve. The only way not to grieve in this world is to not love. The only way to never grieve is to never love. Guys, I want to tell you, in this old world, people don't last forever. Stuff just don't last forever. You lose that person that you love at some, at some point. You and I are going to lose them. So we're going to, to face grief. And it seems like when we face grief at Christmas, it, 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 we think of our losses a lot. Christmas just kind of turns up the, the volume of whatever is going on in your life, good or bad. You, would you agree with me? It just kind of turns it up. Every Sunday morning, I carry my dad's um, uh, pocket knife. And uh, I put it in my pocket every Sunday morning, bring it to church. And, and that's the way I remember my dad. This morning as I put it in, I started walking out the door. I got in front of the wash and dryer, and I thought, because I know we were going to my family for Christmas. He's not going to be there. It's been three and a half years, and I still hurt. I still hurt. So I'm sorry for any grief that you're, you're feeling right now, but, but the grief is real. But I want to tell you, it's better to deal with it than to ignore it. Even after three and a half years, you had to face it. It's better to deal with it. So if you're going through grief right now, I think there's three things that, that I want to say to you. Grief, number one, I think, is that grief often comes undeserved. Undeserved. We... We like to blame ourselves. We think of we think of sometimes as as of our our fault. When I got in front of those 
washing dryer on the way out the door and I touched that knife. I thought, I wonder if there was something I could have done different. And that he would still be with us today. Did I make the right decision for my dad? But the fact of the matter is, is we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. So I want to tell you something this morning. Quit beating yourself up about it. If you're blaming yourself for grieving some losses, quit beating yourself up about it. About it. Secondly, grief often comes unrecognized. Grief is confusing. Grief is, is complicated. I mean, it's an emotion. But it often goes unrecognized, especially at Christmas. But you wonder why you can't even enjoy some, some, some simple get-togethers. And the reason is, is grief. Christmas brings it up. It, it brings it up. Also, I want to tell you something, guys. That's why we need to give people a little grace. Especially right here at Christmas. Would you promise me to do that? Let's give folks some grace. Their hurts are dialed up a couple of notches. The third thing is about grief. It often stays unresolved. We think, especially us guys, if we just ignore it, it'll go away. If we just wait, what's the old saying? Time will heal all wounds. And, and it'll just go away. But that's not true. We can't sweep it under the rug. That is not what's going to happen with grief. We live in a culture that's not very good at dealing with grief. We men and some women will just say, I'll just go back to work and I'll forget about it. I'll go back to work, get off my mind, and I'm doing all right. I'll go straight back to work. We'll put them in, we'll put them in the ground and I'll go back to work tomorrow. That's how I deal with mine. No, you're not dealing with it. You're running. You've got to deal with it and you've got to face it at some point or it will go unresolved. The way to deal with your grief is to give it to God. And only God is greater than your grief. You just say, here it is, God. This is, this is my grief. John 16, 20 says this. Where am I at? I'm on the next page, ain't I? You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. That should be joy instead of you. I got a bunch of typos in this. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. To joy. We give him grief, we get joy. And I know that doesn't make sense at all. Grief turned into joy. This old world ain't what it truly is. 
This old world ain't all there is. That loss, you didn't really lose. It ain't over. It, it, it ain't over. And when you turn your grief over to God, you begin to think less and less of this world. And put more and more of your hope in eternity of, of God's promise. This exchange doesn't happen in an instant. But slowly and surely, God turns grief into joy. I turned my grief over to God when I was walking past those washers and dryers. And I came to this statement. My joy was restored. As I rubbed that knife. And I said. I said it out loud. Just in case the enemy had come into my house. Just in case Satan snuck in. Because I noticed the door was unlocked. I said. I'm not made for this world. I said it out loud. I'm not made for this world. It ain't over. Guys, when you grieve that which was lost, say it out loud. I'm not made for this world. I'm not made for this world. Look what the angel said at the first Christmas in Luke 2. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior. Put right underline Savior. Has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Savior. That's where the joy comes from. This is great news. There's joy when Jesus rescues us. Guys, I want to ask you a question. If you got your phone out, who do you know that's grieving? Who do you know that's grieving? You see, the Bible tells us that we can be part of that healing. Part of that healing. Not by thumping the Bible on top of the head. Not by making them recite verses all of the time. But by just by being there. Being with them. Look at this, this next verse. What is it? Psalm 12. 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Weep with those who weep. Who do you know that's grieving? Just text them. Say, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm praying for you. Just let, wanted to let you know that, that I had you on my mind. I'm going to tell you what happens because I've been the recipient of that. All of a sudden they realize they're not alone. You see, sometimes when people are grieving, they think they're having to do this all by themselves. When people are hurting, they think they're alone. But all of a sudden, they get this text that says, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Had you on my mind, so, so here it is. They realize someone else is thinking about them. So guys, I want you to take your phone. I know you probably know somebody that's grieving. Just let them know, because you were. Hey, I was thinking about you. I just said a quick breath prayer for you. Have a great day. My pastor is so smart. <laughs> Number four. When we give God our fears, God gives us his love. 
When we give God our fears, God gives us his love. 2018 has been a year for fear for lots of folks. And the only way to deal with fear is to find something greater than that fear. Find something greater. And I'm going to tell you what's greater. God's love is greater. God's love is greater than any of your fears that you're going through right now. And he does it with love. Zephaniah 3.17 says, With his love he will calm all your fears. You ought to memorize that one. I mean, that's, that's one to memorize. With, he, with his love, he will calm all your fears. That's easy. With his love, it will calm all your fears. Look at 1 John, next verse. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You see, God's love is powerful. And when God's love comes in, fear has to leave. You see, God's love and fear cannot coexist. God's love wins every time. Every time. Fear has to leave. It has to go. You see, because fear, that, that scripture says that fear has to do with, with punishment. So the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Lots of times when we're afraid, we think we deserve what we're getting. Now certainly we're going to face some consequences. I don't want to, I don't want to say we're not for the wrongs that we, we do in our life. But if you think that God's out to get you because of the wrong things that you've done, you don't understand anything about the Bible. You don't understand anything about Jesus. And you don't understand anything about the truth that the Word of God teaches God ain't out to get you. God's out to love you. God ain't out to punish you. God's out to bless you. He's out to bless you. God loves you. Guys, who do you need? Who do you know that, that needs to know that God loves them? Shoot them a text. Shoot them a text. Hey, man, God loves you. John 3, 16, where's it at? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When I was a kid, I couldn't say whosoever. Whosoever. But it also made me remember whosoever. Whosoever. Guys, I want, here's what I want to know while you got your phone in your life. Who's the whosoever you're thinking of right now? Who's to whosoever that you need to send that text to right now? Some of you folks may be like me. You might be some takers. Call them line chasers. Line chasers. Uh, and what I mean by that is who is the least likely person to come to church with you either next Sunday or Christmas Eve service? Who's the least likely person that would say, okie dokie, I'll come. I'll come with you. Whoever that is, if you're a, if you're a risk taker like I am, invite them. Invite them to church. Invite them to the, to the, to the Christmas Eve service. What is the, I mean really if you think about it, what's the worst 
thing that they could do. You send them a text, invite them to church. The worst thing that they could do is, like I told the 9 o'clock service, they might send you a, a, a poop emoji. That's the worst thing that they could do. And this could go on for years. This could go on for years. You keep inviting them, you don't hear from them. And then all of a sudden, that guy says, Hey, man, you invite me to church. How come you didn't invite me this year? Yeah, but I was, you didn't invite me this year. Keep on. Chase. Number five. When we give God our sins, God gives us his forgiveness. We give him our very worst, our very ugliest stuff, and he gives us a clean heart. He gives us forgiveness. Now that is an exchange. Romans 6 says, when people sin, they earn what sin pays, death. But God gives us a free gift, life forever in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus said, I'll pay the payment. I'll die for you. Man, what a deal. He says, I'll take it. I'll die for you. All you and I have to do is accept this free gift. This eternal life with Jesus Christ. All you and I have to do is accept this forgiveness. Guys, I would encourage you to do it now. Encourage you to, to accept this free gift now. I want to tell you, it doesn't depend on you. He's done it all. Accept it. Accept it. You say, Jesus, I accept this free gift of forgiveness. This gift of eternal life. This, this gift of a purpose for living. And change. It'll change you. It'll change you. I got, a, I got a, a question for you, those of you that are believers already. I realize that there's some who are not believers in here. But for, for you believers, I want to talk to you. Who shared this message with you? Who shared this message with you? And then while you got your phones in, the hand, in your hand, I want you to think about who do you need to share this gift with? Who do you need to share this gift with? I've asked you to bring your phones. I've already shared mine. I've already sent my text out this morning before I left the house. I would like for you to do it today. As your pastor, I would like to ask you to, to send those texts out. One guy said he couldn't make it today. I hadn't heard from the other two. Maybe they came. I don't know. The 9 o'clock service is packed. But I'm a lion chaser. Poop emojis don't scare me. Who do you need to share the great news with? Somebody shared it with you. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this. God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world. And he has given us the work of sharing the message about peace. You see, the greatest benefit that I have as a, as a new follower of Jesus Christ is I get to pass it along. I get to pass it along. See, I got to tell you, he, getting to know Christ has done so much for me. So much. I was trapped in a world of sin and, 
and, and going down and down and down. But I met Jesus Christ and he changed everything. He changed the direction of my life. He, he gave me affluence and influence and restored me to my Father in heaven. And I got joy in my heart that I don't know where it comes from. I'm good. People ask me all the time, so Jim, why are you in a good mood? Why are you always in a good mood? Well, first I tell them I have an attitude of gratitude. I'm grateful. But secondly, I remember where I was going. And I wrote, I, now, then I remember where I am. Then I remember where I'm going. I'm good. And see, why not share that good news with everybody else? I want everybody else to have the same joy that I have. I want everybody else to, to, to feel like y'all with your confidence back. With a purpose for living. I don't, want, I don't want anybody else just to merely exist. Don't y'all? I know you do. So I want, I want to talk about the good news to folks. Everyone needs that gift of peace. Wouldn't you say so? Everyone needs that gift of healing, joy, and, and love and forgiveness. Guys, it's a, it's a great timing to do it. More people are receptive to this good news during Christmas than any time of year. Share that gift this week. This is my prayer for you, this last verse. As you share your faith with others, I pray that they may come to know all the blessings that Christ has given us. As you share your faith with other people this week, and maybe you already have this morning. Maybe you've already received some emojis. I don't know. I pray that you receive all the blessings that Christ has already given you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you have done so much for us. I could never repay you. And Lord, as my folks send their text, as they love on people this week, and they bless people because of the way they've been blessed, I know you'll multiply it. God restored, restored joy in the lives of folks. Let's trade out hurts for healings. Let's trade our sins for forgiveness. I thank you for that exchange. Lord, we love you. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen.